Hello and welcome back to Women Travel, a podcast about the places women have been and the things they did there. We've kind of been taking a break from travel and more been looking at stories and how we tell them. This episode is wrapping up an interview with Annika Sieverts about fan fiction. If you haven't listened to part one, it may make a lot more sense if you do. This episode in particular might be offensive to those with strict religious views, and it's pretty goofy overall. So we have time for one more skip to the backseat of history where the cool kids are um <laughs> so anyway i'll just hit the button now we're gonna talk about everyone's favorite book the bible the bible <laughs> the we love the bible hey look it's michael bible <laughs> Yeah, uh, so the Bible is probably one of the most well-known fan fiction pieces out there. This is a big claim. I'm sorry if you just love the Bible, but it's so true. Uh, and I can... Fa- yes. Wait. No lightning. Okay, let's continue. <gasps> I mean, God already forgot about me, but that's fine. <laughs> Fucking spicy! <laughs> Uh, so, but, okay, so before we talk about the collection of the Bible, we first gotta... I'm just reeling from that, hold on, we're gonna... Okay. Breathe. <laughs> Did you forget my dark humor, Morgan? <laughs> Did you forget about the darkest humor? Did you forget? Did you forget? <laughs> it's never left. actually hurt my side like that was so funny that my side hurt i would do, i would do that at work where i'd be like morgan did you finish the papers he'd be like no I'd be like you better do it before tomorrow or i'll become in your dreams no, and then i'll just throw some salt at you you're spicy but i'm salty what well, what what, what you gonna what? do about it? <laughs> Salty girl over here. You're more than welcome to put a, a little bit of my scary deep voice somewhere. Just hide it. Oh yeah, it. Nah, nah, that was great. Okay, so so anyway, you were trying to like be serious about something, or <laughs> we were talking about yeah, the flip so... side of the demon voice. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the flip side. We're talking about the angelic voices. Uh, <laughs> so. To kind of prove that... The angelic voices know, that you hear in your head that tell you to stone people who do things that make you upset. Those voices. Who wear, yeah! Who wear two types of cloths? Not, uh, not with my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's go back into the history of the Bible. So... The the interesting thing about the Bible creation is like there's there's two parts. There's the the people writing down the narratives of, of Jesus and uh, the Jewish lore, and then there's uh, the binding of all the stories. So let's first talk about Jesus and the lore in the Jewish uh, mythology. Um, so the twelve tribes, <laughs> that baby. I, yeah, that's all I know. Sweet. Like many people who are raised to be religious, uh, you don't really learn the truth until you go into college and you no longer have like a religious academia following you. 
And so when I was in my first history class, he's like, uh, yo, did you know that the Bible, uh, was mostly written 70 years after Jesus's death? And that kind of like blew my mind that, uh, these first account hmm. stories about Jesus and what he said were written 70 years later. Like, I don't know if mm-hmm. you're like Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who just has like a photographic memory, but I can't remember a conversation I've had like three months ago, nonetheless, like in full detail. So I've been trying to, mm-hmm. so I, I did this like memoir challenge. Um, and so I've been trying to write stuff within the past 25 years. There's just shit from the get go. Yeah. I'm like, cool. So I'm writing it's, like it's fiction. fiction. You have this to like fill in that imagination. You might have like snippets here and there of like, Oh, I remember this very clearly, but like, can you really remember word for word what you've done? <laughs> and so there's, there has to be like fictitious liberties that his, his prophets have made um, within this book. And the, they were like, um, just capturing the vibe. Just the vibe of Jesus, yo. Yo, I was just like vibing it out. And I was like, this feels, this feels Dude, right. Jesus is a dirty Jew. And if he was, came back to earth so many people would hate him like they'd be like you're not the real jesus (laughs) like no jesus hates gay people and he'd be like with uh, like at pride be like yo what's up homies i don't give a fuck yeah you're probably like one of those surfer dudes that's like go with the flow uh the iron druid chronicles uh actually depicts that as so everyone kind of has their own uh understanding of jesus and what he looks Mm -hmm. like and so he'll kind of pop up and be based off of, you know, he'll look like a Latino guy or he'll look like a really old guy or he'll look really young, depending on the person that like is imagining mm-hmm. him. Um, and so first of all, I think that's really cool because, you know, you can define what your gods mm-hmm. look like. Uh, and since he's such a global figure, he can look like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, also I think a lot of yeah, I just really enjoy, I don't know if you've noticed that, the comeback of, of um, jokes about Jesus flipping tables at the church. Mm-hmm. He whipped people, and, too. And he whipped mm-hmm. people, yeah. And he was like, this is not a place for, you know, capitalism mm-hmm. or for markets. This is a place, this is a holy yes, safe place. This is for worship. Um, exactly. So I think about that quite a bit, especially with the... Um, extreme lack of regulation on capitalism in america especially yeah jesus is the definition of anarchy against the government yeah yeah um yeah so there's that whole history and this is proven so you there has to be liberties which makes the bible fan fiction and myth mythology is a collection of, of stories that have been handed down generation to generation and those stories change it's like the telephone game like you can tell mm-hmm. one person one thing but eventually it's going to shift and change uh and someone's going to hear a different version and so that's kind of how i just that made me think of um like so it's the telephone game with morality mm-hmm. basically and they'll kind of add a little bit or take away a little bit it took away um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're talking about the Greeks, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, added um, philosophy on women and and, Mm -hmm. uh, the role. Like, 
um, the re rewriting of Medusa mm-hmm. is becoming more of a thing because the old way that it was told was very um, well. It's considered un- immoral to, by today's standards. Yeah, it, it's interesting because her story has shifted a lot. That that made me think of another thing. So, I'm, uh, but we'll talk about Medusa because Medusa is such a fascinating character. Where, like, in the beginning, her her original story is, like, she was a devout worshipper of Hera, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she was raped at the pillar, and so the story went, like, Hera was so... Well, she was punished by Hera because she was so beautiful or something. Yeah. Um, after the, the rape, like, that, that's why, like, Hera punished her. And then it changed from, oh, she was vain, so hair punished her that way so they got rid of the fact that she was actually a victim from the original stories mm-hmm. into no she's just a vain woman um and then it started off and then i think the next one was that she was just born a monster and she was the original gorgon mm-hmm. um and now we've started to get a shift back where like we're seeing her as the the survivor she actually is uh, more of a, a victim who found a new home and then is trying to defend that mm-hmm. home uh, that has a lot of intruders yeah. coming on. Where when I was a kid, it was the story was told that she was just a monster. Yeah. Like there really wasn't a background mm-hmm. for the villains. Most of the villains of the 90s really didn't get a backstory. It was just like, they're evil because yeah, they are. Yeah, they're evil because they are. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting. This is why like some, some people will get mad uh, in terms of like, well, you're looking at things through a modern day lens. Like, that's not how it was written, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, a modern-day lens kind of goes full circle in telling a story. It's like when the the telephone game finally is, like, correct, it feels so good. So, like, Medusa started off as, like, an assault survivor, changed into a monster, and now through a modern lens, we're seeing her as the survivor she is again. And it's kind of cool to see it come full circle, even though it's been thousands and thousands and thousands of year uh years <laughs> so it's interesting to see how stories travel and get lost throughout history but slowly come back together for like these full histories to come back and, and be taught properly so one of my favorite things to do uh when i pick up a especially a greek mythology book um i check uh the story of aquarius to see if it's the true story and not the fake one. So, do you know who Aquarius is? We're flying blind okay. from here. So, you know, like, the astrology... So, uh, most people know the, the name Aquarius based off of astrology, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, he is actually one of Zeus's lovers. So, Zeus one day... Practical Zeus was flying around and he sees this young shepherd boy and he's like, this is the most beautiful creature I've ever seen. So he turns himself into a golden eagle and snatches him and then takes him up uh, into Olympus and turns him into a god. And he makes him the god of giving him a goblet of wine. Yes! (laughs) Your job, your function for eternity to give me a goblet of wine yes so which is why aquarius is known as a water sign because he was always giving zeus something to drink um and they actually uh, 
he was able to keep his lover for a couple of years um, until Hera got word that like, hmm, this boy's not all what he's cracked up to be. Something fishy's going on here with him and Zeus. My husband's cheating again. Oh snaps! Yeah, oh snaps, dude. Did did Zeus yeah. go both ways? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was really. Go. I'm not shocked. This is yeah. the first furry. Do you know how many times he's appeared as an animal to so many women? A swan, a bull, an eagle. Well, now, now I can't help but think of like, damn, those women must have I been know, right? really horny. Where was their bicycle with the dildo? I mean, that's how the Minotaur came to be. Because there weren't enough bicycles with dildos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, she... Uh, uh, gosh. Persephia. 10 out of 10, nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, got a... Poseidon gave them, like, this beautiful cow. She did something and made someone jealous and I think Poseidon cursed her to fall in love with this cow so she asked someone to create her a cow costume where she would sit on it and it looked like a real cow and had wheels and wheeled her out into the pasture and she that's how the Minotaur came to be and that's why he's half bull half man dude the Greek myths are, are wild dude that's some that's some wild shit I just want to hear the story about the carpenter who had to build a cow costume with wheels. And just that story. I just want that story. Yeah, so so his story is that after he did it, uh, the king found out and threw him into the labyrinth so he couldn't tell anyone else, like, what his wife had did. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, okay. That's his ending. He was like... Okay, my queen, sure. I'll do it. <laughs> I can't really deny you anything. And then thrown to his death. <laughs> was thrown into the labyrinth of a minotaur that wasn't an adult? Like, Yeah. Like, it's the same thing with the people who created the labyrinth. Like, I've got too many questions. Let's move on. Um... <laughs> Back to the Bible. <laughs> Okay, so we talked. So we talked about how you know there's the the actual creations of the stories, and I've talked to a theologian uh, in Austin. I don't remember her name, but she was getting her PhD in biblical studies, and I asked her, "I'm like, are, are is like the Bibles and like the New Testament? Are they supposed to be like word for word, or is it more mythology?" And she was like, "It's more mythology." And I was like, "Oh." I find it interesting because when I did go to church as a kid, it was, um, like, that was just a fact. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, yeah, no, this is mostly just an interpretation. And I didn't realize until I was an adult that other people were were raised with the, like, this is the word with a capital T. Most of the churches that I had been to were pretty open to, like, okay, well, this can be reinterpreted in the modern days, da-da-da. Yeah, that was not the church I went to. (laughs) It was like this is this actually happened. We're gonna hear these stories, and it's it's the truth. But then when you start to think about it realistically, you're like, mm, something doesn't add up here. Uh, but yeah, so she she kind of confirmed that this idea, like, no, the the Bibles are supposed to be uh, kind of mythological and not taken word for word. Um, but 
so the Bible officially became like a thing um, in 1604 where King James the the first was asked to commission it for the for the church but the thing is the reason why he allowed it to be commissioned is because he was a giant gay boy he was a big old gay boy and he had multiple lovers male lovers that he would give high stations to it's really fun I just read the wikipedia article to kind of give me a refresher on him and one of the line was he was known as a good virgin boy who preferred male company he was an upstanding citizen and i was like um mm. no <laughs> mm. and like when you see mm. pictures of him he's like got this like big collar on and he just looks he just looks like he's living his best life it's amazing. Did he have, like, any wives in his story, or...? He had one wife who was 14. I think it was Anne. Oh, okay. something. But apparently, like, it said they had one passionate life, or uh, one passionate night with each other, and, uh, and that he loved her for a while and then just kind of left her be and went back to his, his male friends. <laughs> So had it did his duty for his kingdom because he was the Queen Mary of Scots. He was her child, so had to keep that line going on. Um, but yeah, so to kind of keep the church off his back and to uh, contribute in a way that they wouldn't be like, no, 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 you can't, you can't sleep with Jerry again. Like, stop it. He was like, how about I commission a Bible for you? Would that be fine? Would that be okay? And they're hey. like, hey guys. Hey guys, it looks like you really like keeping notes and keeping <clears throat> track of things. That's great. Maybe if I pay you to make a cool little Bible, you'll stop paying attention to me. Hmm? And they're like, okay, we got a deal. It's like, <laughs> is it okay if we call it the King James Bible? And he goes, yes, queen. Yes, queen. Put <laughs> my like, name in gold, baby. A book named after me that will be read by millions of people yes <laughs> so yeah so the bible was fan fiction created by a queer man <laughs> he could have been just like a truly repressed and asexual kind of kind of dude he could he could have been asexual he could have been bisexual for well, everyone's bisexual everyone's a little bisexual <laughs> uh but <laughs> So I, to kind of wrap this up, uh, the reason why I like studied the history of the Bible to Vlad the Impaler, Sherlock Holmes, Star Trek, uh, is because uh, it really impacted how people communicate throughout the ages. So my, my degree is, is in technical communications, which can be really boring of like just manual editing or can be as fun as you make it. And I try to make it as fun as possible. So I do a lot of like humanitarian work or studies with it. And it's always really fascinating to me to see how communication has changed, but human intent has not. So like with the Bible, it, that's one of the first uh, popular books that was printed millions and millions of times and spread across the whole world. So you're having mass production uh, of a book. And then with Vlad the Impaler, that was like the first time people were getting information from pictures and from the printing press from the German monks. 
Sherlock Holmes, that was a time where people were sending letters to one another and, and inventing uh, close ties through, through fandoms. Um, and then the 1920s, you're getting a, a, a closer collection of people who are seeking liberation and freedom through storytelling and uh, writing fan fiction about famous actors they see at gay cinemas and just having the time of their lives to <laughs> eventually Star Trek, where it's completely rearranged how fandoms work. Like, you're actually getting people who meet up and interact with the actors uh, of the time and the actors are actually interacting within the own fandom and creating contributions themselves. Uh, and eventually, like, all this fan fiction needed to go somewhere and so people would start posting them on the, on the internet, which the internet is historically made by uh, two queer men. Uh, I can't remember the names right away but one of them created the first uh computer and he was gay and then the second one created all the coding and the programs which is alan turning um who was also gay and then after that we get uh black women who are creating like codes uh for like apollo uh and the the flight to the moon and then that's transferred into computers and then you get like uh, Latinx people and uh, queer people coming in and sharing their stories through the internet and then creating more online communities with fan fiction. So it's just amazing to see like how humans have evolved but we're still like driven by our passions and the things that inspire us. I just think it's amazing. And just connecting mm -hmm. through stories. That's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if you wanted to create a story about Vlad the Impaler and Oscar Wilde real quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course I would. Okay, so I'm going to try to keep it under five minutes. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm going to... So setting the scene is uh, using my uh, <clears throat> DM skills. Uh, <laughs> we're going to use the time, time box one more time. And... Uh, I'm going to go pick up Oscar Wilde and Vlad the Impaler, uh, and then okay. you're going to pick the place. Okay. Okay. Dilly, 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 dilly. Dilly, 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 and we're back. And, um, hi, Annika, this is, um, this is my friend, uh, Oscar Wilde. We had a lovely, lovely chat over some coffee and, uh, you know, just how awesome Dublin is and uh then uh this is um this is Vlad he didn't say anything the whole trip he he mostly just glowered in the corner and um I'm very scared to be this close to this guy yeah he, he doesn't look too friendly I wouldn't suggest tackling him at all maybe you could tickle Oscar Wilde but I don't I don't think you could get away with Vlad the Impaler I feel like tickling is one of the worst things you can do to people these days uh, yeah it is <laughs> oh yeah also I'm wearing my mask <laughs> I, I am too. Like, yeah. I always do when I go outside. When we go time traveling. Uh, so now, what? this is an interesting place you chose. Um, yeah, this is a good old 1800s England. You know, I wanted Oscar Wilde to just feel a little bit more comfortable in his skin. Uh, but I know Vlad really wanted to travel and uh, see how, how long his name has gone on. Yeah, um, choosing choosing the throne room was interesting 
Um, I am like double terrified now. Um, a lot of jewels. A lot of jewels around here. A lot, lot, lot of jewels, lot, but yeah. um, you know, I th I thought this is proper for two queens that we brought in today. Ayo. Okay, I like that. I like that. You're helping me calm down with comedy. I appreciate that. So um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so how do we how do we get these two guys uh to kiss? To kiss? Yeah, I think oh. that's yeah. Mm, I think Oscar Wilde has some pretty good charms with him already. Oh my god, I they're mean... already they're sitting in the thrones together. Do you see that? Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah Vlad's I... sitting in the throne and Oscar Wilde's in his lap. Can you Wow. We didn't even have to do anything. We, we didn't have to do anything. Uh I do see Vlad the Impaler grabbing something from behind, so I don't oh. we might oh, want to make sure he's not gonna like <laughs> impale him. I mean if it's <laughs> we the might other have to type take of... that away. Hey, Vlad, Vlad, sweetie. Vlad? I'm gonna just I'm gonna just get it real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, sounds, isn't sounds it, good. I think it's nice that both of their furs match. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's I I wonder if they have like the same fur trader or something. I wonder if it's just like a family lineage. Oh yeah. Oh, it was um <clears throat> don't worry, it was just a whalebone uh hairbrush. He's um wanted to brush Oscar Wilde's hair. I think he thinks that he's a woman. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> And then they kiss. And then they kiss. <laughs> and then Vladdy Pierce goes, oh, wonderful. Your skin smells so good. Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> it's like, so oh, sweet. luscious. I've never had woman so plump before. Your pale skin, it looks like it's never seen the sun. Even Hi. in past lives. <laughs> Many things haven't seen the sun in 200 years. <laughs> Hey, uh, Annika, I, Annika, I think we should, I think we should go. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we should just leave them. I think, I think uh, they want to make a Minotaur. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, uh, I think he took all the impalement stuff from Vlad, but I think there's one more that he could use. So, uh, yeah, I think we should definitely leave, <laughs> leave the throne room. Just let those queens be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> door closed um so yeah great that was great um <laughs> all right that's our show this week i hope you're staying safe out there at home or doing your essential work myself included um yeah any last thoughts annika <laughs> i was like thinking of the the uh my favorite murders like stay sexy and don't get corona no we can't do but that. i don't i think i think that's trademarked so i, I think i'm one of the very that. few white women who actually isn't interested in that show like i don't have anything against it i just am not interested yeah, i started listening to it and then i got bored because it was the same kind of oh my god oh i can't <gasps> just like every show and i was just like i am tired of this let me go listen to some journalism instead. So if this relates to you, uh, hit that subscribe button. Because <laughs> we don't do that. No, we don't gasp and, you know, flip through things going, oh my god. So. Okay, cool. On that note, have a good night, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And thank you for listening. Next time we'll be chatting about a springtime trip to Hawaii. When you look back at your notebook, you have those raw feelings still on the pages so my name is morgan estberg and this has been women travel audio is by hats for birds he's available on bandcamp and annika is available on instagram at annika sev17